Welcome to Myths. I'm Matt Hoss. And I'm Dan Rhodes. Whether you know about Theseus or you're revising your syllabus. If you want tales with a bit of jest or you just want to hear about incest. What? What? It's really interesting. Welcome to Myths. Welcome to Myths. Hello and welcome today, ringside here at the Darlington Arena. Woo! For this bout of this myths bout that we've all been waiting for in the blue corner, weighing about probably twelve stone. <laughs> I said, what kind of a thought you gonna yeah. be? Eating only grass. It's the one, the only. Here comes your man, Mad Hoss. Yeah. What's gonna be? You know, like Rocky has the Italian stallion. What's gonna be mine? I'm like the, um, the, the nasty northerner. Or the the um, vicious vegan. The vicious vegan. The 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 mum from Darlington. <laughs> <laughs> that was nice. And in the red corner, weighing 35 stone of pure muscle, <laughs> <laughs> at a height of 8 foot 3, <laughs> he's a man to be reckoned with. He's like, he's very tall. Like, it's very hard to forecast how he says. It's double my height. So, who is it? FHM's second most sexy man, sexiest man alive. With 35 stone of muscle. <laughs> He's the undisputed champion of the world in every sport except bowls. <laughs> Which he is the second. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking bloody uh, shit. Anyway, yeah. Joining us today from his busy schedule of doing nothing. It's the one, the only. He's not playing, but he knows about aeroplanes. It's. Dan Rose! Round one. Ding ding! We talked about this before, but like, I think we would. F- I think I would definitely beat you in the fight, though. For sure. Probably. Matt, you recently introduced me to One Punch Man. Oh, yeah, so we've A man who can kill someone with one punch. It's an anime, and it's now, fucking brilliant. This is actually a question that you asked me not long ago, and we didn't talk about it. Uh, no, I don't fancy you. Oh, what? And we. <laughs> And we've talked before about um, you do fancy me. Yeah, of course, I, um, I ask you to make out with me on every. I mean, episode. I made for four and my thirty-five stone of pure muscle. I mean, um, we have discussed before what superpower we'd like. That's boring. You asked me the other day, what was it? It was if I could be combined with any oh, animal, yeah, so like, like Spider-Man or anything like that. Well, what? How about? Cause you okay, you go first. I'll. I'll ask you asked me the question. Go on then. I'll make it. Make it your thing. Oh, no, no, you know what, Dan, you take it, because, like, you know, I'm good at contextualising. You, you like... can be combined with any animal. Now, I don't mean necessarily, it can be your choice, yeah. that maybe you have an animal's body, like, it could be that you also feature parts of your body like the animal, or it could just be that, like, Spider-Man, Spider-Man doesn't look like a spider, but he has the core characteristics, yeah. so it could be something like that. No, I Discuss. think, I, no, I don't think, I think it, my, the question I phrased you is, like, uh, Jeff Goldblum's a fly, uh, not his, but, like, uh, so you get a, you well merge with any animal and you don't get to choose what happens, but you just have to take a risk on which animal you put your put. Your, mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So I don't I, I don't think you get the powers of that. Like you don't become Spider Man. I think you become, oh. like your heart. My you, question's obviously better than isn't it? No, I don't think so. We'll do both. Questions. We'll answer both questions. Okay, my first. What do you want first? Which is to just be combined with an animal? Ah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think for come 
like comedy's sake, I think a giraffe would be pretty funny. Because mm. like, imagine me with a long neck. Hilarious, isn't it? It's hilarious. <laughs> it's almost as big as you're eight foot tall. <laughs> yeah. um, it's funny because I'm actually only seven foot tall. Oh yeah, so yeah. So the podcast adds an extra, <laughs> <laughs> like an extra foot. <laughs> Um, and actually, forty fives don't. Um, <laughs> what is um, and it's not poo missile. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I said to Dan the other because Dan eats quite a lot of junk food and he eats quite a substantial amount. And I said, when he's forty, he's going to be such a fat shit. Like yeah. you're going to be such an overweight man. Yeah. But until then, yeah, ladies could be. Yeah. Um, what is what animal is it? You'd be a giraffe, would you? Really? No. Let me think about that. What's your answer? I feel like. Mine would be, I suppose you don't know, the, like a bird of some sort, like an eagle or something. Oh, so you get flying. Yeah, but hopefully I get wings. But would you be able to fly if you got half a human's body? Do you know what I mean? Your whole, because you're merged with another animal doesn't mean necessarily you get to fly necessarily. Cause the no, bird, that's true. That's it. You might be wasted wings. So maybe actually something like a gorilla or a chimp. Yeah, so then might be the safe gar- Guaranteed. Or maybe a cat, because you can kind of spring to places. Or oh, a cat, yeah. Yeah. Okay, now let's do my one, which is you a bit like Spider Man. You get the powers. Re- powers of a, but you still can look like a human. But yeah, I think Spider Man's pretty bang on, right? Because mm. you can kind of. He's got the proportionate strength of a spider, and he's got the web. That's quite cool. Yeah, I already. Th- I think I know what mine would be. What? I think mine would be like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Not because of that. <laughs> because of the massive penis. <laughs> Yeah, Why the long face? <laughs> That's how you do comedy, Matt. Um, oh, is that how you do comedy? Yeah. Oh, no, Mine would be a horse, but then because you, you would have like the strength and the stamina of a horse, I think that would be quite cool. But you'd still be able, like, you'd still be human. Yeah, you could run marathons. You could, you'd be very strong, but you'd look like a horse. But you'd look like a person. That would be cool. Um, like imagine having the strength and power of a shire horse, but the stamina of a racehorse. Like, that would be cool. Or maybe you could go Route 1 and go for fly, and so you can kind of dart run quite fast. Yeah. You know, and people can't hit you. Yeah. And yeah, I, you're quite agile, I suppose. Um, hmm, what? Okay. If you had to look at me and say, Matt, you are, you know, you kind of look like a, this animal, which one would it be? Like You'd look like an animal. Like, like as in, like, I imagine me as a person how I've I've already been half man and I've been spliced with an animal which animal genes do you think I've got inside oh a, a dugong oh <laughs> what a dugong what's that google shall it. I google it right now everyone should know what a dugong is a manatee oh you fucking prick alright let's have a look do you go, how do you spell this uh, that's a good idea actually because I can't do normal words you can't do root words so. dugong 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 yeah like that I spelled <laughs> Dugong. Uh, it's got a G at the end, I think, like Dugong. Alright. Oh. It might be D U G O and there you go. Oh, oh. is that? Like, yeah, it is like D U G O and G. Yeah, it there does. It looks like a sea cow. It, it is basically. Oh, wow, what's happening here? There's an image of a manatee biting a shark. <laughs> okay. Flattered? Literally, the, what's the opposite of flattered? Just got um, embarrassed? Insulted? Yeah, insulted, I think. Yeah. But not really surprised. Um, what would I be? Right, people often say otter. No, the otters are too nice. Uh, I think lemur. A lemur? Ooh, okay. Okay. Yeah, um, because they're, they're pricks, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> you just go for the most horrible animal. 
No, I like a lemur because I like a, I would do a podcast with a lemur, and you have that kind of mischievous streak. Nice. Or maybe a skunk. Yeah, you're half skunk. That's what you are. Okay, I get that. What does a skunk look like? What does a skunk look like? This as a bit, like as a podcast is not good right now. People will not, I mean, people know what a skunk is. So. <laughs> no, do you describe? Can you describe what a skunk is? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I guess a skunk is kind of like a a small wolverine. But it's white and black. It's like a wolverine meets a badger. It's like a wolverine meets a badger. Dan, I know what you are. I know what you are. A badger. No, not just any badger. Close your eyes. You are. A honey badger. You're a honey badger. Oh, sweet, yeah. Oh, oh look, look at that. that. You know Ooh, what? That's I, a sexy honey badger. Um, Very aggressive. Yeah, have you ever seen videos? I haven't. Can I watch one? <laughs> this will be like a live video. They're crazy. You must have seen a video no, of a yeah. honey badger. They're like super aggressive. Um... I, I te- in Edinburgh, I teched from my friend called Matt Hobbs, H-O-B-S, like, very similar names. Like, we teched each other's shows, and not because of the proximity of our names, but... Well, he spells Matt H-O-B-S? Yeah. That's a weird way of spelling it. Yeah, well, his real name's Matt Ovens, but he thought you get a stage name, which is similar <laughs> to mine. <laughs> I enjoyed that. What? Matt Ovens. Yeah. <sighs> You're laughing at all the wrong yeah. bits today. Um, okay, so, Honey Badger... Okay, his Matt Hobbs's line says like uh, the honey badger is like the European badger, but gone to military school and looks. If you look at it, it's very it looks very right wing. You know what I mean? It does, yeah. Look at that one as well. Yeah, horse uh, has got a haircut like a twat. <laughs> like think of all the people you know that have that haircut. <laughs> yeah, no, you I mean because explain it. it, it or well, it's like the haircut that's like um, it looks like a beetle. A white beetle. Shaved back and, like, really heavily shaved back. Like, the Peaky Blinders look, heavily shaved back and sides, but then, like, quite a bit on the top. And with, he's got, like, a Peaky Blinders eyes as well. It looks mm. like he's kind of murderer. Yeah, I wouldn't want to fight one. They go for your testicles, actually, I read. Do they? Like honey badgers, yeah. They instinctively go for your ball bag. Mm. You do not want a honey badger ripping off your penis and Can we testicles. type in honey badger rips off dick? <laughs> Go on. It's not my computer, so... What? It's a ball! <laughs> Google knew exactly what was coming. Oh, wow. Okay, videos? Oh, I don't know if I want to watch a video of a honey badger ripping off the, the dick of a, a... Oh, God. Lying with bad injured on balls. Hmm. Incredible honey badger defense and attack method. We're going to watch that, right? Riveting podcasting. It's not really loading, so I don't know. Oh, that's also no sound. So <laughs> literally nothing in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, maybe we should bail on this. Yeah, way. let's bail on this idea that you started. <laughs> okay. You're honey- well, the point is, you're a honey badger, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <I'm> pro- <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, let's, let's debate this rather than what sitting in silence <laughs> as a bunch of video that they can't hear. <laughs> okay. You're still loading it up, though. Uh, actually, you? I just turned it off. It's not my fault. Right. You still. You still what's, what is the video entitled? What's it called? Right. Why don't you watch this at home, okay? Why don't you watch Incredible Honey Badger Defense, defense and Attack, attack Mechanism, including Lion, Media, Python, Jackal, Porcupine. <laughs> that really tickled me. 
Oh god, what are we doing? <laughs> oh wait, let's cancel that. Okay, so uh <laughs> What a what a weird weird day so far. Um if you had to deposit me in some country, where would you put me? In fact, if you forced me to live somewhere Force you to live somewhere well, for like that you wouldn't like. Like well not necessarily, but where would you make me live? For a whole year of my life, I would make you live uh, with a with the Mongol nomads. Why? Just because. Good luck being vegan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just eat grass. I'll just eat grass. Yeah, because they don't really have many crops. Oh, okay. It's more mostly meat. Where would you put me? I think I'll put you. Hmm. I think you would like anywhere you went. You know what? Because you love travelling, I'm going to put you on Wigan for a year. Oh, you would do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At least you would learn, at least you'd have a good time being a nomad, riding a horse around. Yeah. Maybe I'll just turn back. Yeah, I think I'd be, good. I'd be a good nomad. Here's an interesting one. Where do you stand on the horse riding? Well, I don't stand on the I don't mean a whole bit about horse racing. I mean, like, sitting on a horse. Um... Because I was watching Ramesh Ranganathan in Mongolia, yeah. and he refused to ride one of the horses because he said he was a vegan, and I thought that was going a bit too far. No, I get that, because it's not a... You're kind of exploiting that animal's worth. I think, like, what I mean by that is that it's you're using your the animal for your own gain. Do you know what I mean? Like, a, not just as an animal product, but you're using it as a... A vehicle. A vehicle, and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I would do it. I feel like it's a lesser of all the evils, but I probably wouldn't do it. Uh, but also, you do see that, you know, hopefully they're well looked after, but also, um, yeah, I just feel like it's not... Um, I wouldn't do it, personally. But I try to stay... Well, but then again, if it's consensual, then, like, it, the horse... Consensual? Yeah, you know I mean, like, if the, horse, <laughs> the horse wants it. <laughs> the horse is finally... Uh... Not a disclosure agreement to say that it's okay <laughs> with the consent form. Yeah, it's uh, very much uh, a waiver. Yeah, you get a horse to sign it. Anyway, uh, Dan, should we go to our? Oh, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> can you do it in the style of a honey badger, please? Can you, can you... I wonder what noise a honey badger makes. I mean, we don't know because well, it wasn't. <laughs> <speaking. laughs> right. How about we? I imagine it goes. How about we do a demonstration? I imagine it goes. Oh, my testicles! <laughs> All right, here's the jingle. Episode 84 is probably one of the weirder ones so far, isn't it? One of the weirder ones. Alright, so, Dan, we were doing the Aeneid. We did book... Stop playing with that. Sorry. There was twice. I gave you one look. I was like, can you not do that? (laughs) Right. We did book uh, nine recently. And book eight. And we're on to book ten now. What happened last time? I think the question is, Matt, what didn't happen? Well, a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um... There was a big fight scene. Fighting did happen between the Trojans and the Latins. Yeah, and uh, why? Because Juno made it happen. But so that's, right, because that's, that's they are they have come over. To, the Trojans have after their long journey arrived at Latinum. Uh, Lat- yeah, Latinum, Latinum, yeah. Latinum, and they have said, "Hey, we think we, well, we have been told that we are the." 
correct people to live to live here and help prosper. The king at first was like, yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to marry off to... Well, was Toll. He also had the same prophecy that he had to marry off his daughter, the princess, that Lavinia, to the one of the foreign people, i.e. Aeneas, and that they would prosper. But Juno didn't like this because it meant that the fate was being... Um, I don't know how, what I'm saying here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was quite... Essentially, there's a war broken out because... Um, uh, Aeneas has promised Lavinia, but uh, everyone else is not too happy about that, apart from the king. So Aeneas got some support from Evander and the Etruscans, didn't he? I say he did. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Nisus and Euryalus um, and the rest of the Trojans were attacked by the uh, Turnus' Rutilians. Um, and uh, they killed Nisus and Euryalus, but then they had a big old fight on the bridge. And Aeneas got some new armor, he's looking pretty dapper. That's essentially where we are. And we've had some battles, we've had some war. How have you found it so far, Dan? I'm feeling good. I know a guy got stabbed in the mouth. <laughs> yes, yeah. As, you always remember the weird bits. The Volsons, Vulcans, or whatever his name was. And that man, he punched a ball to death. Punched a ball to death. Alright, so starting book 10, the penultimate, penultimate episode. Well, and we're only going to two more episodes of this, so. Alright, let's take it away. Book X, as in book 10, begins with a council of the gods. Jupiter calls the gods to Mount Olympus, where he berates them for having meddled with fate. Although Venus and Juno attempt to argue the cases of, respectively, the Trojans and the Latins. Jupiter asserts that there is to be no further divine intervention in the battle. What each man does will shape his trial and fortune. So this is a big thing here, Dan. Yes. I'm trying to engage you back into it. So Jupiter's saying, Oi, you shouldn't have meddled with... You shouldn't have made them fight each other. Well, it's like, no more meddling. No more meddling. Hey, if you do it, not good. You're fired. You're fired from the gods. Um, what would an outwork god do? I have no idea. Anyway. <clears throat> While the gods hold their council, the, the fighting on Earth continues. The Trojans are still trapped inside their battlements as the Latins storm their gates. Aeneas, with Pallas at his side, travels back to the Trojan camp uh, from his meeting with the Etruscans. <laughs> you really hit the P-hard in the word camp there. <laughs> Come. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, have more pronunciation. Uh, uh, I'll try it again. Aeneas, with Pallas outside, stops back at the Trojan camp and uh, from his meeting with the Etruscans after securing their pledge of assistance. Uh, so who is Pallas again? Pallas is the... The Etruscan king's son. Not quite. He's a, he's the son of Evander, who is a different kind of... A slightly different king. So it's one of the king's sons. One of the king's sons. And Pallas is his best of bud. With him on board... With him aboard the ships... Are a number of notable... With him... With him... <laughs> <laughs> You see where I'm going wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit it right. Yeah. With him aboard the ships are a no. <laughs> With him aboard. The <laughs> With him aboard. The <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of hand movements going on. This is going on the end. <laughs> With him aboard the ships are a number of notable chiefs and warriors. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. With him. <laughs> There's a twist in the hand. There's a twist in the hand. With him. <laughs> Sounds like a cartier car. With him. 
Go, hit it, go on, you can do this. <laughs> With him aboard the ships are a number of notable chiefs and warriors, all of whom are described in considerable detail. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> On the voyage, Aeneas is met by the sea nymphs, who were once his ships, and the leader of the nymphs, uh, Kimodochi, uh, wants him, uh, warns him of the siege taking place on the Trojan camp. Uh, she also predicts that the next day will see a great many Rutilian casualties. So, he bumps into... I have no idea what actually happened, because I was seriously <laughs> laughing. <laughs> They're on the ship's back then. They've got a lot of chiefs and leaders. Basically, they've got a good alliance on the group. But he bumps into some sea nymphs, like, oh, who are you? Oh, sorry, we were your ship, like, five minutes ago. I thought, like, that's kind of weird. And so she tells him what's happened, and says, tomorrow, FYI, going to be a lot of uh, casualties for the other side. So, he's kind of just got a little bit of knowledge about what's happening. When the Trojans see Aeneas approaching, his shield held high, held high that... Fuck off. Can you get it right, mate? Come on. <laughs> when the Trojans see Aeneas approaching, his shield held high, their hope is renewed. Immediately upon docking, however, Aeneas and his men are attacked by the Latins. Horrific fighting ensues, during which many lives are lost on both sides. Oh, mm. R.I.P. Aeneas, Turnus and Pallas are each responsible for an amazing number of deaths. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Wow. What do you reckon their numbers are? Oh, in the high teens. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm going to say Turnus. A solid 40. Solid 40. 40 out of 40. Pilus, invoking his father's name, enters into battle with Lausus. Menzentius' son. Uh, so Menzentius is one of the... Menzentius is one of the naughty people. Yeah. But is slain by Turnus. Ooh, Turnus kills his son. Turnus callously slings Pallas' belt across his shoulder. A decision that will come to regret in the last moments of his own life. Pallas' friends carry him back to camp, where Aeneas is spurred into fury at the sight of the dead body of the boy entrusted to him by his friend of safekeeping. Okay, so this is a very significant moment in the whole thing. So Turnus kills Pallas and, for a trophy, grabs his belt. Okay, and that's naughty, is it? Well, not necessarily naughty. Uh, you can kind of take trophies, I suppose, but it's not really the best thing to do, I'd say. Uh, also, um, yeah, and it's kind. Of, and also, this is it's more of a personal thing. You made it personal, if you. Uh, and Pallas is now dead, uh, and he didn't really survive that long. Like, uh, and and he's like, "Don't worry, I'll look after him." Like two seconds afterwards, like, "Oh, he's dead." And so. Now, Pallas uh, has made Aeneas have like, this fury, and very similar to Achilles with Patroclus, right? When Achilles found out, he went on a massive rampage. Do you remember that? Yeah. In the Iliad. So, what happens after that? In a rage, Aeneas cuts a wide, bloody swath across through the Rotlilian army. Oh, yeah. Like a torrent or black whirlwind in search of Turnus. Juno, fearing for Turnus' life, asks Jupiter to help her protect her favourite, and he consents to his own favour. So in an F, oh. sorry, sorry. Um, so he, yeah, he already Juno's contradicting the the divine fame. Yeah. So even though she got told not to. Yeah. In an effort to send Turnus away from the battlefield, she conjures a mist in Aeneas's shape and allows Turnus to catch sight of it. Turnus pursues the phantom as it boards the ship, which then sets out to sea. <laughs> Upon realizing that he was being tricked, Turnus is deeply angered. He wonders whether he should have saved himself from the disgrace of having seemed to abandon his troops by falling upon his sword or whether he should try to swim back to shore 
Three times he tries to jump into the water, but three times Juno restrains that him. That sounds so funny. Imagine me like, uh, Kate, Pierce, wait! That's how you got on the ship. God damn it! <laughs> but yeah, it's just like... If it, that's... And then every time he jumps out, he just gets put back on the ship again. But that, what that sounds like is that he's... Some guys found him afterwards, they're like, Turnus, why weren't you fighting in the battle? He's like, well, actually, a Mr. Aeneas kind of showed up, and I chased after him, and then I... Uh, um, I was on a ship, and then yeah. the ship sailed away. And I crashed a bomb, I couldn't... It's like, no, you just... You just sailed away from the battle. Yeah. No, no, no one's going to no, believe him. Yeah. When Mezentius hears of the death of his son, he is... Oh, what Do you remember that time we started halfway through? Oh, yeah. That was so unprofessional. And we're normally so hot on that. Yeah. For example, what's your favourite animal to splice with? The Holy Badger In, in Turnus' absence, Aeneas and Mezentius meet on the battlefield. Although Mezentius is harmed, he's able to escape Aeneas. His son, Lausus, upset at the sight of his father's wound, confronts Aeneas. I thought Lausus was dead. No, Lausus... Um... Uh, and Lausus and Pallas fought, but Turnus kills Pallas. Pallas, okay. I don't know why earlier I read it that Lausus died. No. Aeneas warns the young boy not to engage with him in battle. Why are you rushing to sure death? But Lausus refuses to back down, and Aeneas slays him easily. As the boy dies, however, Aeneas is filled with thoughts of his own father and feels dis- dismayed by what he has done. Do you know what I'm getting vibes for in that whole thing about him being like, I'm going to fight you, and Aeneas is like, don't fight me. It's like Revenge of the Sith when uh, Obi-Wan and he's yeah. like, I have the high ground, Anakin. And yeah. Anakin's like, I'm going to do it anyway. He's like, yeah. I will literally... I will slice you in two. I will slice you in two. God, oh my God, you idiot. Oh, that's no, what... Now you got no legs. That's what just happened, right? For sure, yeah. Um, when Mezentius hears of the death of his son, he is grief-stricken and sets out to avenge Laos' death or to die himself. He engages in battle with Aeneas but is finally cast from his horse. As Aeneas holds his sword, poised above Mezentius' body, the old man bears his throat willingly. His final words a plea to be buried alongside his own beloved son. So, that's the end of book 10, but we're going to crack on to book 11 right now. So, but what we see here, we're seeing quite a lot here. So, Mezentius and his son are now dead, uh, but there's a lot of human qualities here. So, we just want to... They're not evil guys, like, I just want to be buried next to my son, stuff like that. And also, Lausus, um... Like, Aeneas feels guilt for killing this person. It's not just a blood-furious man, you know what I mean? There's mm. other elements to it. Although Aeneas is deeply distressed by the deaths of Pallas and his other comrades, he still offers a sacrifice to the gods, composed of spoils taken from Mezentius. He and his men bury the bodies of their slain companions and take great care readying Pallas' corpse for return to King Evander. Aeneas weeps over Pallas' fate, and for having failed to keep his friend's son safe. Nevertheless, he is heartened by the fact that Pallas did not die a coward. Well, that's good then, isn't it? That's nice, yeah. Messengers from the Latin camp then approach Aeneas, begging him to allow them to bury their dead. Good Aeneas. Grants them their request. was <laughs> 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 that? Good Aeneas grants like them... you're saying, good lord. Good Aeneas grants them their request... Tell him that it is only Turnus who should be fighting him, and that the Latins and Trojans should seek peace. The Latin Drances, who ha- who has an old grudge against, oh, as a name. Sorry, I thought Latin Dr- I thought it was like yeah, Drances is a person. I thought it was like a group. The Latin Drances, who has an old grudge against Turnus, tells Aeneas that he admires him greatly 
and they agree on a peace of 26 days during which all may bury their dead. That's pretty nice. Rumour reaches King Evander before Pallas' body does, alerting him to his son's sad fate. Evander throws himself across the bier on which Pallas' corpse lays, crying, I, I have undone the fate of fathers. I survived my son. Nevertheless, he asserts that he does not blame Aeneas, and that he is glad his son died bravely. Wow, Aeneas has got away with, not murder, but like, mm. he very much, there's no guilt whatsoever. He's like, well, as long as, long as my son died, died bravely, you know what I mean? Like, In a deeply emotional scene, Aeneas and his men set fire to the bodies of their comrades, throw spoils taken from the bodies of the Latins into the flames, and other sacrifices. Off Elsewhere, the Latins do the same with their own. <laughs> they can throw, they can sacrifice things onto the fly. It makes sense. Elsewhere, the Latins do the same for their fallen men, and some women cry out that only Turner should be suffering, since it was, since it is only he who seeks war. King Latinus, pained by the turn of events, calls a council of the city's chiefs. Some feel that the problem should be settled by a duel between Aeneas and Turnus alone. And when they learn that the Greek, the great Greek warrior Diomedes has rejected their plea for aid. Latinus proposes that they attempt to establish peace. Drances attacks Turnus, blaming the war and his arrogance, and Turnus responds by mocking Drances and calling him a coward. <laughs> he tells Latinus that he is happy to fight Aeneas alone, but begs him not to falter in dishonour at the threshold. So, what's quite. So, there's a big turn here. So, we've had that big war, a lot of people have died. They're burying their dead. And they're actually looking for peace, which is very rare in, in mm. myths. Rarely. It was always going to happen anyway because of fate. For sure. But but now the people are turning on and saying that it's Alternus' fault. That's not actually his fault. Because yeah. he was jealous about the foreigner coming. And For the, sure. Yeah. Well, it's more like Juno. But anyway. As the council argues, they receive word that the Trojans are marching on the city. It's been 26 days. I guess so, yeah. Wow. Well, I'm sure they probably had that coming in. Turnus takes advantage of the ensuing panic to urge the Latins to take up arms, and he prepares himself for battle. The Latins are joined by the legendary warrior Camilla and her Volscians, who take over the defence of the city against their approaching Trojan horsemen, while Turnus rides off to, ambu- rides off to ambush Aeneas, who is taking a different route through the forest. Virgil focuses briefly on Camilla's interesting history, when King Metabus, very close to Megabus, yep. uh, he smells like piss <laughs> and takes a long time to come. Uh, sorry, what a weird thing to say out loud. Uh, Virgil focused briefly on Camilla's interesting history. When King Metabus fled his city in exile, he took the infant Camilla with him. When he approached a river he, that he could not safely cross with his daughter, he strapped her to a lance and threw her across after praying to the goddess Diana to keep her safe. Wow. <laughs> the girl was raised in the wilderness and became Diana's favourite, a fellow virgin whose only true love is of arms. As in weapons, not just thick arms. Thick arms, yeah. Uh, but, okay, so, <laughs> just imagine that. Uh, well, I'm going to get my daughter across somehow. Uh, just strap her to the lance and just, what? There you go. I prayed to her God, so it should be fine, wouldn't she? Yeah. <laughs> really good if she had, like, severe brain damage. <laughs> Yeah, you would get brain damage being thrown across a river. Also, how strong do you have to be to throw a... Would you ever throw a baby across a river? Would I do it again? No. <laughs> Not for the first eight times. The... Yeah. <laughs> it's quite hard, yeah. It's really hard, yeah. Imagine it, you know, maybe you could like skim the baby across like a stone. 
Oh, you could do, yeah. If you go by that, if you'd have to, if you, were, I was quite good at skimming stones. You could give it a go. Skim a baby. If you if you think you can skim a baby across, why don't you tweet us at Miss Podcast and tell us how many skips you can get with a baby? <laughs> I get the seventh. Has to be a flat though. You have to, get, you know what I mean. Anyway, so uh, so Camilla loves arms and Diana loves her. <clears throat> The Trojans finally reach the city, and the battle begins. Camilla is the fiercest warrior on the field, and she slays uncountable Trojans, until she is finally taken down by Arons. Do you know who Arons is? No. Neither do I. Uh, Arons is only able to kill Camilla, because he has prayed to Apollo to help him end her attack. That seems easy. Yeah, why, why no one Please else can that? someone help me win the fight. And Apollo Thank you. Alright, yeah, go, go on then. <laughs> Uh, now, Diana seeks, her, seeks vengeance by sending her sentinel, Opus, to slay Arons. Having lost Camilla and unable to hold back the Trojan army, the Latins scatter! Camilla's closest companion, Acca, um, sends word to Turnus for all the events taking place. Turnus is forced to abandon his ambush and return to the city only moments before Aeneas passes through. Book 11 ends with both men return to their respective camps on the outskirts of Laurentum to fortify themselves for the, day, the next day's battle, otherwise known as the final battle. So the fight between Turnus and Aeneas has been thwarted by this Camilla and various people yeah. fighting. Yeah. Uh, so it's quite it's another big battle sequence there, um, and some peace and stuff like that, but all quite a bit random, really. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so the gods are kind of a bit weird in this regard, but when are they not? Oh, yeah, so it's quite, quite a lot of people die, but we, we see these interesting stories. But are we ready to rank? Yeah, I'm probably going to go to the third segment if you want to come join me later. Third segment? I'm going to go to the, like, the, the ranking bit if you want to. Yeah, sure, meet, yeah. Meet I'll, meet, I'll see you over there. See you over there. Bye. Hey guys, so we're just waiting for Matt to join us for the uh, third segment. But as you know, we um, we rank this on four categories. Life skills, morals, creativity, and WTF. Uh, each one's ranked out of ten to give us a total of 40. Oh, here he is. Hey Matt, how you doing? And win! And back. Uh, so yeah, thanks for... M- did you start without me? I did, yeah. Just started it. What? Is that weird for me? Wow. Really? I was saying about how there's ten categories and we rank each one... Oh, oh yeah, 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 or yeah. well, whatever, yeah. Uh, so, uh, life skills, have you started that one? No, I haven't. The practical things we learn. The practical things we learn? Well, we learn a lot of... How to throw a baby across a river. <laughs> we learn how to become a favourite, and ha- oh, if you really yeah. want to kill someone, just pray to a god. Just pray to a god, that is important. Uh, I feel like we learn a lot, but I'm trying to think. Sacrificing, we learn... Sacrificing, we learn how to bury, we learn how to ride a horse. We learn how to not look after someone's kids. We learn how to, yeah, we learn how to create peace. Yep, we learn how to have truce, we learn how to uh, attack a castle. Yeah. We learn... We learn how to meddle with fate. Yeah, we learn how to have a council, a council meeting. We learn how to kill someone. Yep. Um, that's quite a big one. Uh, 
Uh, we're also learning about bumping into nymphs and also learning prophecies and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, we learn uh, don't take a belt. Oh, that's more morals. Don't take people's belts. Off. Yeah. And, and, and we learn how to bury, bury graves. Yeah. Pious. Not loads, I feel, but quite lots. Maybe six or a seven. Probably six, isn't it? Let's be honest. Why is it less than before, though? A lot of killing, I would say. But it's all the same thing, isn't it? There's no yeah. different types of... Yeah, you're right. The last week's episode, we had loads, loads of different stuff. Morals! The moral things we've learned. So, yeah, don't um, don't gloat after you kill someone. and Don't make it personal. Yeah, don't take someone's yeah um, belt. Uh, don't... Yeah, and if someone says, don't let me kill you, don't chastise them. And then don't yeah. kill uh, their um, dad as well. Yeah. Um, you, you have to feel guilt for the things that you've done that's a big one that's um, true we see so much human characters here and that also goes for creativity as well we see for the first time we don't see good versus evil but it's also uh, two sides who are both human do you know yeah, what I mean it's yeah. not slightly like the Trojan War but we really see these loving moments and Mezentius isn't necessarily this old evil man he's just kind of like he just loves his son do you know what I mean yeah uh, also, we learned uh, don't uh, <laughs> uh, don't chase a phantom onto a ship. Don't chase a phantom onto a ship, yeah. And then once you're on the ship, you can't ab- can't abort the gods. Don't abort the gods. Oh, we also learned the kind of a moral, which is that I mean, Turnus was ready to ambush someone, and he realised that it was he was needed elsewhere, so he aborted his mission, and that that shows great mental strength. He yeah. went again. He could have just. Being like, nah, I, I want to do this for my, myself. But he didn't. He, he valued his other soldiers. His tactics. Yeah. And also, people start blaming him for it as well. Yeah. So there's a lot going on. I'm going to say... Are there eight or nine? Isn't it eight? Why eight? I don't know if there was any... Like, sometimes we have like morals that have more sort of... Things between relationships. I don't think there was that much... Yeah, you right. a lot of like, internal stuff. Both of the gods, though. Yeah. A lot of internal sort of gods and relationships. Oh, yeah, I realised, did we give life skills six or seven? Because I wrote down seven. Six. But I think we actually gave it a six, didn't we? I think I've just gone against... I think I wrote down a different number. Your, your head's saying six, your heart's saying seven. Yeah. Creativity! I think it's a good, good one. There's a lot going on here. There's yeah. different battles. There's lots of new characters we got introduced to and their backstories. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry, I've dropped... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Alright, let, let's just show people what you found in my notebook. I just dropped Matt's notepad on the floor, and as I picked it up, it's on a page <laughs> called Dr. Pig, and it's a, a picture of a pig, and it says, Piglet and get liver. No, no it says Piglet and let live. It's, just, but it's a poem which I'm ruined by accident. It should be live and let live, but it should be live and piglet live. Uh, wow. So, um, essentially, uh, in Edinburgh... Laura Lakes for the idea of doing Dr. Pig, which was like uh, a doctor uh, who snaps out, uh, instead of using a sniffer, so he sniffs out problems and he goes, yeah, he needs a snout. And, uh, and I thought it'd be quite funny to think of some puns for her. And uh, um, There's also in your, I assume, possible gags, there's, it says Switchblade and a dildo. That's Laura Lakes' thing. Wow, Switchblade and a dildo. That's fine. Good God. Read that, uh, I've also got a Freddie Mercury quote as well. Which I wrote down one day after a bad gig. Fuck them, darling, if they just don't get it. Let's get it. Mm. I would always say, Matt, don't take criticism criticism from someone that you wouldn't go to for advice. 
So no one. <laughs> so absolutely no one. Where the hell did I just write these notes? There they are. Creativity. It was creative, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we have uh, a lot of echoes from the Iliad again, but also to a different d- degree. We get uh, uh, a lot of people stopping the war. Also, we have Turnus as quite an innovative character. People die. We also have gods involved. Uh, gods being stopped to do stuff. Fate changing stuff. Um, not crazy in terms of like there's lots of stuff happening, but it's not like it's nothing we haven't seen before necessarily. Do you know what I mean? It seems it seems like it's a full picture, but it's nothing new. Mm. Maybe it's like a six or a seven. I think six is harsh, but maybe right. I think six. It's more than average, but yeah, it's slightly more than average. But then again, I think that might be just a little harsh, especially throwing. Ba- they have vignettes like throwing babies across rivers. We have Camilla, which is a big story, and uh, we get these vignettes of people. That's true. We do get backstories. Also, in uh, yeah, you're right. It's a seven. It's a seven. Uh, there's a, I think in the book uh, in. I think they're called Necrolux, and basically what Virgil does, he gives, like, uh, he tells you a story, a, a couple of sentences about a person's life just before they die, okay. and it's called Necrolux, and basically you get these, it's supposed to be quite sad and pathetic, because you're getting these, um, you get to see these people's lives just before they die, so it has that emotional impact, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, it's that kind of cognitive connection with someone. Uh, I think it's called Necrolux, but I need to double check that. Uh, also, seeing this, killing a lot more people in this as well. Yeah. Uh, so, but there's also guilt there. So I think seven's worth it. Right? Okay. Yeah, I agree. WTF? Throwing a baby across the river. Throwing a baby across the river. For sure. Uh, a lot of deaths. A un- lot of deaths. Uncountable deaths. And um, following, chasing a phantom to a ship, and then realizing, oh crap, that's embarrassing. This is yeah. gonna look like I've abandoned everyone. Well, jump back in the sea. Get book. Jump back in the sea. Get book. That would be weird. They also try stuff three times every time, right? It's yeah, that's true. Blurry. They also meet loads of nymphs that said they were used to be their ship. That'd be weird. <laughs> That's a weird day, isn't it? Oh, I used to be your car, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Even more sacrifices. Yes. Uh, also, they start blowing Turnus and stuff like that. And uh, But also, they kill so many people, it takes 26 days to bury all the dead. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. That's quite long. That's a lot of people. Or they're very lazy. Yeah, <laughs> Steve died by accident. That's it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it doesn't seem crazy. Nah, it's not but then crazy. again, we're missing out on a lot of gore, I feel. Like. Yeah, it's a lot, there's a lot of gore. There's a lot of like, people... It's, we can't dilute the fact it's a massive war. Those people have died. Yeah. But also, but it's quite straightforward, though. I think that's the issue. Yeah, right? it's not like, mate, crazy. And there was no, like, snippets of, like, oh, he had his eyes gouged out and this and that. But like, I think we do skip over stuff like yeah. that. Like, stuff like Sword in the Mouth probably going to happen quite a lot. Um, so the scale is big, but nothing crazy. So I think maybe six or seven. I think it's six. Yeah, six. So six plus eight plus seven plus six equals... Is that 27? Yeah. Yes. Oh, and another one bites the dust, then. Another one bites the dust. So Dan, uh, where can pe- what can people do now? After did you enjoy the episode? I did enjoy the episode. Thank you for having me. Are you ready for the last one? I am the last one of the Aeneid. And the last ever Greek. Greek. Right? That will be sad actually. Last. Well, I actually found some others we could do, but I feel like it's a good place to end it. Maybe. It so. is, yeah. Which is a shame, but you know. Uh, I'm excited for the next chapter of our lives yes, together. Yes. In matrimony. Yes. 
Find us at Facebook or Twitter at Miss Podcast or email us misspodcast at gmail.com with any ideas or actually particularly things that you want us to do potentially in, in Norse stuff because that's mm-hmm. going to come around soon. And with him is uh, Matt Hoss and we can, uh, yeah, I think we could, uh, if you fi- give us five stars on iTunes and if you want to give us a donation, that'd be great as well because there's a lot of money and time to do this. So, yeah, please donate. Um, I think this is worth at least... Um, well, I think it's worth 20 quid a week, really. But, uh, you know, pay what you want, guys. Pay what you want. If you want to give a one-off donation, you can do that as well. I'd say £20 a week was supposed to be more humorous, but I think that... Uh, it came across uh, quite a Yeah, it did. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you'd redo that. 20 quid a week is fine. I'm not going to change that. I'm going to stick with it. Okay. If you can give me £20 a week, just for me, not for Dan, that'd be great. And, no, I'll, I'll split it with you, Dan. Thank you. Uh, but also... Uh, you can uh, just just tell a friend about it if as well. Uh, if you uh, find our link, I find the iTunes link, and just post it on a friend's wall. Apropos nothing, you find someone you haven't talked to for a long time, just post it on their wall, and just go, "Yeah, you'd probably enjoy this." And no one posts on walls anymore, right? On Facebook. Yeah, that's not a thing. It used to be a big thing. Yeah. it's really not anymore. Uh, but that's Probably weird. Imagine, imagine, imagine if you did that for someone. That'd be weird, right? That'd be weird, yeah. Right, and what we're gonna do? Add Dan's a friend on Facebook and just post this episode on his wall. Just do that. We'll all do it. Right? He's going to do that. I'm going to do it. Everyone, let's do it for Dan, all right? And we'll say happy birthday, Dan. And put hashtag with him. Uh, I've been having a lot of problems recently because quite, some of the things I shared, a like years, like, like last year, for like like episode 20 and things like that, Yeah. Um, Facebook didn't make my post, pro, um, it made it like public. And I get every few days, I'll get like someone commenting something inappropriate and I have to like delete the comment. Genuinely? Yeah, genuinely. Really? Mm. Yeah, you're not fucking No, I'm not. It'll be like, you know, um, what? you know, it's like those weird, like, oh, this is going to sound really bad. I'll say it and you see it. It's like, you know, you get like, like the uh, foreign, like, the, sex like, like sex, sex accounts. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they comment on it. Or they put like their link to their, like. Do they? Yeah. Why are you friends with them? I'm not friends with them, Matt. It's because Facebook's made, like, my post public. So anyone on Facebook can, like, they, they've obviously, like, found it and, like, Oh, we've actually got some traction. Get it in. Well, I've had to take the post down, haven't I? What? Why? Because it was every day someone being like, hey guys, for sex, can't, and I'm like, I can't, no, this is, and it was from like last year as well. It was like episode 20, that, there's no reason for that to still be on my Facebook. People have, people have watched the episode. Listen, uh, but uh, in all fairness, they've got their demographic pretty right. People mm-hmm. who listen to this are quite desperate for sex, I would yeah. say. So, it's weird though. I don't yeah. know why they picked that uh, post, but... So I'm gonna. Why? Why didn't you do it for my one? Why didn't you do it for me? Is yours public? Yeah, it's definitely public. Oh, I don't know. Uh, have you been using those services, Dan? Yeah. Are, are you a sex bot? Yes. You're a sex robot. <laughs> oh well, that does explain a lot about you. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, we should probably head off. But thank you so much for listening. Uh, and finally, um, how are we gonna end this? What? Bye! No, we're gonna, we're gonna do something a bit more fetch from now. Bye! Bye. Myths. Myths.